Vertical integration. Synergy. Pass the briefcase. Attention. Interest. Desire. Action. Strengths and weaknesses. Everyone turn to slide. What's your end game? What do they want that they don't know they want? Dow Jones. Welcome to Great Samaritans, the podcast where we take a deep dive into your favorite food and beverage brands. My name is John Ramsey. I'm joined by my co-host, Thomas Stern. And we are doing this podcast because it is uh, both of our dreams to start our own food and beverage business one day. And we thought, what better way to do that than to research some of our favorite food and beverage brands. Thomas, how are you doing? Doing well. I slept very well last night. Uh, I had a bunch of dreams about work, but I was asleep. So that's, that's good. How about you? I slept pretty well. I normally go to bed with my girlfriend and then I'll get back up and I'll like play Mario Kart or listen to a podcast or something just because I, I just don't get tired really at the same time. But last night I had to fall asleep at an appropriate hour because I had an early morning acting class that I had to get to. That's right, everyone. I'm also an actor. <laughs> I wanted to let everyone know that I do that as well. But that and and it went well. So I've had I've had a good morning. Awesome. Yeah. Shall we introduce our our first guest? Let's. Uh, our first guest is the very funny Sydney Back. Oh, hello. Welcome, was, Sydney. You guys really pinged on one of my worst things, which is dreams about work. So I couldn't. I was sitting here silently. I have way too many of those. So. Yeah, thanks for being silent. Are you like me where it's not effective what you're doing unconsciously? Oh, so I it's very specific. So I, I used to be a tour guide, which I talk about all the time, but I would yeah. be doing a tour and I'd forget the script. That was always... Oh, okay. But then I had to continue with the schedule and make it up. And that gave, I would have the, just the most horrific dreams, like waking up sweating. Like I just That's like my worst nightmare is knowing something really well and then all of a sudden just forgetting it and having to continue. It was, and even after I've quit that job, I had dreams like that for like four more months and it was not pleasant. It was not fun or nice. I've definitely had those too. Yeah. Too much um, for me. As John mentioned, or no, as Sydney just mentioned, Sydney did do food tours. Uh -huh. So she is somewhat of a expert in this industry mm -hmm. oh and yeah my bosses would definitely tell you that for sure uh, that's right we i did pizza and drinking tours so yeah that's really quick before we get into the food or the food the uh <laughs> getting into the product uh i'm hungry <laughs> before we get into the product <laughs> uh, were there any like tour groups that were either uh, like unruly. I'm sure there were probably some horror stories out of that. Oh yeah. So especially with the drinking tour. So I started it when I was 21 and I was just this like tiny little 20 something girl. And they're like the age group for that tour is typically like thirties to sixties. And they like, you know, I, I had to learn really quickly that you have to be super mean at the top and pretend like you're going to be no fun whatsoever and the rules matter and then you can like slowly get more fun as they like respect you but there were a couple of tours yeah I'm trying to think of specifics because they're definitely like a lot of very belligerent people screaming at me from the back of a bus wow 
um, oh, there was a bachelor party. In a fun way? Like... Uh, it depends, because sometimes, like, sometimes even if people do like you as a tour guide, they think that they're adding to the tour by screaming at you. Or they just, like, if they think you're, like, a funny comedian who can handle hecklers, they try to heckle you all the time. And so I was lucky I got to cuss on that tour. So I could truly just tell someone and be like, shut the fuck up. And everyone goes, ah! And then that person hopefully would, like, get the message. They handled me. Yeah, they're like, oh, he got got. (laughs) (laughs) It was, that was the best part of the job. But, yeah, I remember specifically a bachelor tour, or it was a bachelor party on a tour um, that just didn't listen to a word I said. And then I have a stand-up bit about a bachelorette party that came on the tour that was even worse. And just, like, like truly imagine doing a historical tour and there's, like, six people in the back talking as loud as they possibly can, like, with penis hats on. It was really, it was, it was before I knew how to handle the crowd and it was just, like, some of the worst people I've ever had. And they would also, like, scream obscenities in the middle of the bars, which, like, they're, st- they're bars, but at some point it's like, all right, relax, <laughs> like... This is a little... To go to a nightclub like every other bachelorette party. Like, don't come on this historical prohibition tour to try to rage. Um, so, yeah, that, that I think mainly the bachelor and bachelorette parties were the ones I had to, like, really t- make sure that they were kind of put in their place, I guess. That's got to feel pretty good. It. I mean, I was very... I, I feel like as a customer service person, I was in the best case scenario because I was allowed to be mean. And I think, like... No other job in my life have they let me call a spade a spade <laughs> and be like, you're being an asshole. And then the, and then my bosses would back me up and be like, yeah, that guy was being an asshole. You know, like if we got a bad review because I was telling them to be quiet or something, like they'd back me up, which was really nice, which a lot of people don't get. But but still, still did a lot of shots. My shot of choice, I will kind of deter and say this, uh, is picklebacks, if you've ever had one of those. They are delightful. It's a. Sh- I give the I give the thumbs up to that. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. It was my wedding hashtag. If we had our wedding, <laughs> it was pickle back to the future because that's my last name. Um, anyway, but that so I did a lot of shots with people. I think that's the most memorable part of that tour is is even the drunk people. What's up? For the for the people who don't know what that is, what is a pickleback? Oh, a pickleback is um, a shot of Jameson or whiskey. I do Jameson. Uh, and then you chase it immediately with pickle juice. Oh, awesome. It's magic, Thomas. And it just completely gets rid of the taste. Yeah. It's really amazing. Okay. I recommend it if you need a quarantine pick-me-up. Just get some pickle uh, juice. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's what I was going to say. I think like it works on Jameson, but because pickle juice is like such an aggressive flavor, I bet you could drink anything mm-hmm. and have some pickle juice after that and yeah. probably feel pretty good. Yeah, the only thing it doesn't chase is Malort. That's, that's if everyone knows Malort, yeah. if you're from Chicago or know of this. Um, I've tried it. I've tested it because I thought maybe I could cheat the system and make Malort a little tastier. And it's not. it does not work on Malort at all. They say that Malort um, grows on you the more that you have it. And I, I kind of, I like, love Malort now. <laughs> I, it's been a while since I've had it, but I really like it. And I was just going to ask you, Sydney, if you are a fan of Malort after having it for uh, a little bit. Yeah. Well, and especially people that come on the tour, if they're from out of town, Chicagoans will typically try to trick them or the bartenders will trick them into doing Malort. Um, and in my role, a lot of the time, my self-appointed role in that moment was to be like, it's fine. It's fine. I'll do one with you. It's so good. 
So I ended up doing probably a hundred shots of Malort to, to you know, like Jesus. in my time. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's as offensive as people like when they first try it, it's really shocking. But after that, if you know what's coming, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as, um, yeah, I think it, as people make it out to be. I wouldn't casually drink it though. <laughs> I almost would casually drink it. I've all the, from the first time I ever had it, I just kind of liked it. I like the bitter flavors. Um, I like really strong licorice as a candy and I don't know. I, yeah, I've, I've always just liked it. So yeah, you're That's their nice. clientele. I think the original clientele was like old <laughs> Swiss men in the 1950s. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to know, I wonder how much money Malort has made off of trick shots, off of shots that people didn't know what they were drinking and it turned out to be Malort. I wonder what the revenue is for that. Yeah. I think that I, I, the amount of times I've seen a bartender give a poor little tourist a shot, I, I, I mean, it's, it has to be at least in the thousands at that well, there's this one bar club lucky where the bartender always would get chummy with people and then be like oh you like that liqueur you gotta try this thing so chicago and i i probably saw him give people like maybe 500 in the time of my in the 40 years of me doing it like wow. and that's a probably a conservative estimate and so even that bar alone had to make thousands of <laughs> every you know every year i don't know I'd love to find that number. If you could find that number, I would love to tout that around. <laughs> Googling it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's definitely also a lot of ironic purchasing and consuming of Malort. If it's not, you know, trying to fool someone who doesn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I bet the percentage of people who just drink it because they enjoy it without any sort of ceremony attached is maybe <laughs> under 10%. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say so. I think uh, bartenders, because one of the so one of the reasons Muller wasn't created is because, or sorry, mass produced is because the guy who ended up mass producing it, his taste buds were so fried, he couldn't taste like anything. So when you taste Muller and your fa- and all your taste buds are gone, it tastes delicious. Um, so I think a lot of bartenders who do a lot of tasting and smoking do actually enjoy it because their taste buds are just so like, like messed with, I guess. Um, but I think most of the time, like d- dudes on Tinder who are like, I'm a huge fan of Malort. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Like that was always, I was like, nah, I'm good. You don't need to announce that you can enjoy it, but that's not something you need to publicly. Okay. <laughs> like, like, I'll take it do. off. Then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that reminds me of Beethoven a little bit. <laughs> he was, cause he was yeah, deaf, right? He, he was yes. Like, he was this wonderful composer. Oh. He was deaf, and this Mal- and this Malort man. Um, this Mal- I'm gonna look up who it was, but he was completely Carl Jepson. Taste anything, and he Carl Jepson. Carl Jepson, because it's Carl called Jepson's Malort, is what the full name of it is. Oh, it's that history tour coming back wow. for you, y'all. <laughs> so Malort is. I believe we we talked about this last time we met up. It's uh, it's grapefruit flavored, right? Yes, we did. Yes. Yeah, so it's um a wormwood liqueur that has like hints of grapefruit. Is the idea? I love wormwood. Oh, it's so good! It's so good to say out loud. Yeah. You licorice freak. <laughs> you <are such> a <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Speaking of grapefruit, grapefruit is my favorite flavor in White Claw. And it's the one that Sydney on her Zoom is showing us that she has a grapefruit White Claw by her side. Right next to the microphone. So really nice. Really keeping the grapefruit awesome. sizzling next to... <laughs> Oh, you got it right next to the mic? No, nice. well, I'm, I... Can you hear that, audience? <laughs> yeah, can you hear the, the sizzling grapefruit, the popping of the white claw? So, Sydney, that, that must be your favorite flavor, right? Absolutely not. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I am a black cherry person. But it nice. just it's just what came out of it. I, I'm not somebody who's going to hunt through the can to get the flavor I want. I'm just going to take what I've got when I've got it, so... Do you just randomly grab the can and whatever it shoot? It's like completely random every time. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't, I know a lot of people that definitely don't do that. Like people are very specific about their white claw flavors, but I am not. I, I enjoy everything. I am very partial, as I mentioned, to mango. Um, what about you, John? What's your favorite? Well, I, I think I'm going to put my hat in the grapefruit ring. Okay. I think it's oh. like it's such a recognizable flavor. I think I probably had it in college or something, which was or you know, like it was a while ago when I first had White Claw and I just always associate grapefruit with the flavor of it because I feel I don't know why I feel like grapefruit and seltzer to me at least was like the flavor to have. Mm-hmm. Did any of you remember like your very first hard seltzer like seeing it or buying them? Uh, yeah, it had to be, I was hanging out with some improvisers and they went into a convenience store and they picked it up and I had no idea what it was. Like I was so surprised to see these people that I looked up to so much, uh, me being the huge improv nerd that I am, like anything that they do, I would take as like a reference point kind of. And so to see them drink seltzer, I was like, oh, you do something different than me. This is like cool. So I instantly always thought that seltzer was okay. like a cool beverage. Yeah, I can't remember. I should have thought about this more because I cannot remember what was the first place that I saw. It had to have been at a college party. I don't think because I remember being surprised that White Claw was in bars, which makes me think that I had only seen it in like people's personal homes and like at park dates and stuff like that. Um but I remember, I can say that, like, I know that people had a very negative opinion of yeah. it. Because th- before that, there were always those, like, Bud Light, Limerita type drinks where they were just, like, you know, grain alcohol and lemonade or whatever. And so I think for, at first I thought that's what White Claw was or whatever seltzer. I think Truly might have been the first thing I ever saw. And then I remember I.O. got it like um maybe a, two, a year or two ago and i remember the first time i saw someone with it one in hand and i thought oh my god bars sell white claw like it felt like such a sub yeah culture thing i couldn't imagine that you could get one in a bar for the non-comedy people io is a theater in chicago that used to be the long-form improv nexus of yeah. the city if world not world famous world yeah famous. yeah <laughs> Was it? Do you remember what price they were selling it at, Sydney? Oh, like four bucks. I think it was like four or five bucks. So still not not bad. Yeah. You know, like not a horrible price for it. Yeah. Especially considering the demand. I thought it'd be more expensive, but yeah, I think it was about four or five bucks. That's right. 
I remember just like walking through Wrigleyville one day and like just stopping in, seeing White Claw in a bar, and it ended up being like $8. But that was like maybe last summer. So it was like mm-hmm. right when I feel everybody was exploding on this White Claw train. John, you used to get Coronas a lot at IO. I remember that. And you remember, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you would always say, find your beach to me when I, <laughs> when I would see you with a Corona. And that, that made me get a couple Coronas. Like you, you used their marketing on me and it worked. <laughs> I think I, there's no way I was saying it. There's no way I said that sincerely. Oh no. It but was at ironic. The same time, yeah. But did you find it? When they serve it with the lime, I found my beach. Yeah. Well, do you have to ask for a lime? Because a few times I would say with a lime and I feel like I'd get eye rolls because the server would be like, of course, I'm going to bring you a Corona with a lime. But sometimes I feel like Coronas don't get lime. And I feel like a a Corona is terrible without lime. It is. I really feel it's the only way to drink it. It's a Bud Light. It's the same as a Bud Light without a lime. That lime sets it over the top, I think. I've had, I, I think I've ordered Corona three times at IO and every time I've gotten the lime. Without asking? Without asking, yeah. I think that's natural. Corona's next sort of line was, when you see your friend from across the party, a Corona gets its lime. Every time it would come on, no matter if I was alone or with someone, the last time they say gets its lime, I would say it in sync with the commercial, (laughs) and uh, no one ever acknowledged it. But it would make me so happy. So just saying it feels good yeah, to you? Yeah, in sync with the commercial, because it's such a whack line. In sync with the commercial. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that you would be at some times watching games with friends or roommates, like or in public places. Yeah. So if that commercial came on in a public place, you'd say a, a Corona gets I did it line. in my home. I don't think I ever did it in public. But if people were around <laughs> me, I would not hold back. <laughs> I do the same thing, uh, or I feel the same way about EA Sports. I feel like <laughs> I am playing it when I'm playing, when I'm playing a game, and I crack it open, and it goes with that EA Sports. It's, it's in the game. game. <laughs> so good. Also, I gotta try. Yeah, it. I'm a huge so fan of so uh, the phrase "cracking it open" for a video game. Thank you for <laughs> introducing that to my life because that, that feels good. <laughs> Oh, good. There's a great uh, doc series on Netflix, uh, something on about video games, the history of video games, uh, <laughs> and they talk about the first Madden for Sega Genesis. The first time they showed that it's in the game, there's no attitude. It's just like a normal dude saying, EA Sports, it's in the game. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> They've tweaked it over the years. I love yeah. the evolution of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So. Well, we brought Sydney here for a reason, yeah, Thomas. Yeah, talking about video games, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sydney. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sick of it. My husband has been playing Assassin's Creed and ignoring me all day. So, can we get on with this? <laughs> yeah, so. Sydney, you are, as we've discovered, an enthusiast of some sorts of White Claw, mm-hmm. and um, 
I guess let's just go through what you think their their strengths and weaknesses are right now. Oh man. Okay. I think I think I've mentioned this, but the I think the strength, the logo is very strong. Um I yes. think before White Claw kind of became associated with like the basic white woman, I guess stereotype. Just yeah. looking at the can, I always thought that can was so cool looking. I loved the wave. I loved the font. You know, just even the skinny can. Um, I always thought that was fantastic. That was like one of the reasons that I even tried it is because it didn't look like anything I'd ever seen before. So like, that yeah. is a strength. I, I think their flavors are a strength. I think the fact that like they are flavors that... I never drink anything that has those flavorings to them, if that makes sense. So, like, if you're having a beer or you're having wine or something like that, like, even just the fruitiness of it sets it apart, which I really enjoy. And then, I don't know, I I don't really know what... I guess the downfall would be the fact that, you know, girls from age, like, 18 to to 25 have really taken over, taken over, like, the White Claw universe even though it's something that i know i don't know anybody that doesn't like white claw and doesn't whenever i bring it to so a party or someone's house everyone's ecstatic i want to talk a little bit more about uh when we all went and hung out at horner park and uh just had a really pretty awesome yeah. time i'd say i i really enjoyed it uh, up till the end, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> when Sydney, I would just like to apologize once more. I uh, to the listeners, I stood up, said I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I never came back. <laughs> I, never, I never came back <laughs> because the bathrooms were locked, which I think is the right move. So then I just ended up like walking to a Seven Eleven, and it was getting dark out. Is like, boy, the worst time to do that. So I just wanted to apologize for that. But to go back to what um, to go back to the product, the claw. Uh, what I noticed the most about it, which I would call a strength, is just the the power of the nose. As soon as you open it up, mm. I feel like it's so aromatic, and you like, and you smell so much of the flavor. Um, that I I didn't actually taste too much of it, but I smelled so much of it, and I think. Maybe what Sydney's talking about with like getting transported back in time, I think the like smelling that sense because I know that scent is such a powerful um, what's the what's mechanism the word I'm for for memory retrieval. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's yeah. a mechanism for yeah. memory. Yes, 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 yes. So I think that is definitely yeah. something White Claw does super, super well. Um, but then I'd say maybe, maybe, maybe not actually. I, I, I thought a weakness originally would be just, like, the flavor, but I'm never drinking a White Claw and thinking, like, ew. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never, I never, it's just, like, I don't know, it was just kind of, like, bland. I was just surprised by how great it smelled and how <laughs> yeah. blandly it tasted. Yeah, for sure. Because I think, like, and again, I'm going back from, the like, the, the frame of, like thinking about myself at parties drinking it. That's why it is the perfect drink for like standing around with a group of people and chatting. Cause you're not like enjoying it. It's just something that you're doing. And like, it's, I think it's just slightly above bland. Like it's a tiny bit more than bland. I'd say like, it just gives you just a tiny whisper of flavor. 
Um, yeah. Which is perfect for a social situation. A promise. Like, if I had a real cocktail in a social situation, I'd want to like enjoy it and taste it, and it wouldn't be as like I don't know social. So I don't know. I think yeah, the smell is what <laughs> is what like reminds me, and then the taste. I just you just kind of barrel through it. I think is is kind of what happens. Whisper of flavor is easily <laughs> the best description of claw I've heard, and it I really... think the, you might be onto something. With that, I think yeah, that whisper. could be the next flavor. <laughs> whisper. <laughs> Just whisper. It's very tart. It's very yeah. tart. <laughs> yes. All right. So we're back. I haven't really gone through my strengths and weaknesses, so I guess I'll jump into that. Um, strengths, definitely the calories and the and no sugar. I mean, that's, that's their angle, and they did it. Um, they're everywhere you know i could get it at the walgreens that's two blocks from me it's at my natural food market that's mostly expensive organic stuff i think the flavors are this is tricky because i appreciate it it what it is and i think you're right sydney it's not it's not for savoring the flavor it's it's for receding into the into your mind and into your uh, experience, kind of like how if a a mouse that you're using is really comfortable, you don't think about it. And for that purpose, it's great. It does just you forget about it. But if I have to give it a weakness, I think the consistency of how much I enjoy the flavors is a little rocky. Yeah. I completely forgot that my weakness, I think, is invalid because I think you're both right. I don't think White Claw is supposed to be, um, like, savored and enjoyed and, and yeah. like, sipped upon. I think it is definitely made for, like, party atmosphere, good time, make, you know, get me buzzed. I'm not going to think about the flavor so much, but I'm, I know that I'm enjoying my time. It's along with the flavor thing, too, is I feel like when I was young and started drinking, there weren't options for something that didn't make me gag, like the second that I took a sip. And I think Michael is also not great for teenage drinking because it makes it very easy to sip it. And, you know, it may not give Mm. you flavor, but it also doesn't upset you like beer did the first time I tried it or wine or, you know, all these different things other than like mixed drinks who were mixed for that. So I think... It's not offensive, which is good. <laughs> like that's a great thing. It it reminds me a little bit of like a Mike's Hard Lemonade because I remember oh. that was like one one of the first things I had. Like one of the first drinks I ever had was a Mike's Hard Lemonade. We passed it around a room. We all sipped on it. Um, we were all in a dark room. <laughs> yeah. This is taking uh, me back. <laughs> and it was so sugary. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I could not. I didn't even know what alcohol tasted like because I felt it, but I couldn't taste it. It was so sugary. Um, I feel like maybe Mike's Heart is designed to hit even younger than mm-hmm. than uh, the White Claw. Uh-huh. Maybe. I wonder if when they were coming up with Mike's Hard Lemonade, there was just like a dry erase board in a boardroom, and it, they just the two words on it were "hit younger." <laughs> <laughs> Mike was the most approachable yeah. name to like <laughs> young people. Yeah. Oh, God. oh wait a minute, really quick. Why? Uh, 
Were you in a dark room because you guys were like ashamed of what you were doing? What was, why was the room dark? <laughs> well, uh, I hope I don't get my uh, my family in trouble, but I was uh, I was hanging out with my cousins uh, for like Thanksgiving or who knows what it was like just a holiday where all the family got together and some of the cousins were just a little bit older and they were starting to experiment with that stuff and you know when you're that rebellious 14 year old or 15 year old or whatever it is you know you just kind of give it a little try and it was you know the the supervision in the room was the older cousins that's the thing like the, there was no yeah. chaperone being like john i think it's a good idea for you to try this so you know if you like it or not you know like i've heard parents mm-hmm. do that sometimes but yeah. there was absolutely no supervision well that's how i started drinking drank a couple of mike's hard lemonades in my teen years is my family the opposite of that my family was like you gotta drink some so you have any idea what's what's going on but also I want to pivot a little because something I had never even thought about and I'm realizing (laughs) I've read that can a thousand times and never thought about it is that there's no sugar in White Claw that has never been a benefit to me it's never Mm -hmm. been something I've even thought about and then now thinking back wow I really haven't I like and I look at it almost every day and I just never even thought about the fact that this is actually probably better than most alcohols um, in the, in regards to like the sugar content. Um, yeah. but it also makes me think like, imagine if you were 14 and they, you guys were passing a white claw around instead of like a sugar filled, like dense, like, I don't know. I, Mike's hard leaves. Like I can like taste the film on my tongue yep. that I had from Mike's hard lemonade, you know? Yeah. So I think it's just very interesting. I, that's just something I never thought about. Like all the sugar that goes into a drink that is tasteable for teenagers and now white claw has like taken that out of the equation and given something that's easy to drink but also not like as harmful in that way still harmful because it's alcohol and they're kids but like there's at least one piece of that equation taken out i guess i just have never thought about that so i have a bomb to drop on you guys that uh you may know but the guy who started mike's hard started white claw no way! <laughs> Mike! Mike, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he saw the error in wow. his ways. Yeah. Uh-oh, I have an even bigger drop, bomb to drop. Oh, no, I don't think I can nope. take it. His name's not Mike. Oh! <laughs> Is um, it Jepson? Is it Jepson? <laughs> no. Jepson Malort I'm looking comes for back. it now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Malort spiked ciders. <laughs> the amount of money I've started? given to this company is upsetting to me. Knowing that he was the one who got me drunk yeah. at fourteen, it's just—it's so funny. It makes—it makes me feel like he's been in control of me this entire <laughs> That's exactly time. Exactly how I feel too. <laughs> okay, guys. All Anthony. Right. His name is Anthony. <laughs> Wait for it. Von Mandel. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. No. Anthony Von Mandel. Lemonade. Yeah, it could have been. I wonder if they bought Maybe it he's from self-conscious. A... Yeah, he's like, I don't like that name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Tony man. has a little bit creepier of a vibe to me uh-huh. to it. Yeah. Tony. I yeah, am. a little... <laughs> Maybe for pizza. Or, uh, yeah, I'd be like, I trust yeah. you. Yeah. This. Von what? Mandel. Anthony Von. 
Mandel. Ew. Here, here's the kicker. M A N D L. Thomas, when did did you? How long have you known this? This I saw is a bomb. It. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it this morning. Yeah, I wanted to. I was looking up. I think their their market share. They're definitely. I, they had forty one percent of the hard seltzer market at the time of the article. Forty wow. percent of the market. Yeah. That's, but good for them for uh, like learning and growing. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I feel yeah. like I feel like if your products, people are like, we don't like this because it's so sugary and gross, and it makes it hurts us, and it hurts our heads when we wake up in the morning. Like, I don't think a lot of companies would. Well, I mean, whatever. If it makes money, they would. But just like, wouldn't pivot so hard to yeah. something that like zero sugar, next to no hangovers. Like, it's such a hard pivot from one to the other. I yeah. kind of appreciate it. I kind of appreciate that they did this for me. It was for me. <laughs> I also feel I feel pretty taken care of and I I felt that way when I was reading the Harry Potter books like I was growing up with the books and I feel like I'm growing up with the claw <laughs> as well with Anthony Von Mandel <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my God. another kind of creepy thing from this article is that okay so before his before releasing White Claw he built his fortune off Mike's Hard and he has built some of the finest lemonade. <laughs> yeah, lemonades ever. <laughs> no, and he has built some of the finest wineries in the world where Prince William and Kate Middleton had paid visits in 2016 across British Columbia. Von Mandel right. has been called <laughs> Tony Baloney because of his talent for creating <laughs> compelling stories to sell his products. <laughs> Is he affectionately known as Tony Baloney, or does he get mad when people call him Tony Baloney? I think. Please call me Mr. Baloney. Calling someone Baloney has a negative connotation. I cannot believe. Like, you wouldn't call someone Baloney for being a good storyteller. Like, after a good story, yeah. you don't go, Baloney! It's only if it's a bad story yeah. you go, Baloney! So I can't believe True. That sounds like a. <laughs> That can't be good. That can't be true. It sounds like a reframe. Mm-hmm. It sounds like somebody called him out and said, you're full of baloney. And he said, I'm Mr. Baloney. <laughs> Mr. Baloney now. Huh. Shall we dive into the last segment, Thomas? Yes. I think it's time. Shall we wrap this thing up slowly? Yes. Yeah. So we already talked about it. The 18 Sydney that you think it's the 18 to 25 year old white girls who's this, who this is geared towards. But let's just see if we can come up with maybe three target demographics for for White Claw. And I'll put you in the hot seat first, Sydney. Okay. Since you're the guest, you get to go first. Yeah. And I'm barely out of the demographic, demographic 18 yeah. to 25, so I really am an expert. Um, I, th- I also think another demographic would be the mothers of those people. So I would say the age, like maybe 50 to 65, like people who have just retired, they're partying with their kids again. They don't have to be a parent to their child because they're adults, you know? And so at least in my case, my mother who is in that bracket drinks white claw with me all the time. So I think that is like a, I think those two groups kind of, Clom onto each other in a way 
Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say fifty to sixty five year olds, also white women. <laughs> I've uh, I've got a theory. I've got hearing uh, hearing us talk about how like much of a summer drink this is, and how much it's like romanticized as a summer drink. I think that White Claw could hit summer seasonal workers. I'm talking lifeguards. I'm talking yes. uh, circus circus workers, carnies, like <laughs> people who work more in the summer. And uh, yeah, I would go so far as to like make White Claw more difficult to purchase, almost like a Girl Scout cookie thing, and make it exclusively a summer beverage. Um, and and I'm not completely sold yet on carnies or um, <laughs> lifeguards, but you know. Jobs that are more popular in the summer, definitely. If there's, if it's hard to get, then I want it. Yeah. Could you imagine how much more popular White Claw would get if you took it away? Yeah. Ex- only, only to give it back. It's like the yeah, it's a McRib type situation as yes. well. Yes. Maybe you have to pass some sort of test to have the like a license to get it. I think I figured it out. I think you just need to come up with a specific flavor, a summer flavor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. So, like, like the Shamrock Shake, like the McRib. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, like, your pina colada uh, yuzu, you know? Yes. You can, you can, you know, shoot that off. That's, that, that's my I'm a take. i fan. Like, I, can, I don't know what kind of world we would live in if only the boat tour guides at Navy Pier could have White Claw. And not the girls in Wrigleyville who want it so badly. Oh, <laughs> oh they'd pay so it much. Would, it would make it the in- income inequality be gone. Just give it to the poor people, and it'd be yeah. Dead. All right. <laughs> so, what I'm getting, what I'm kind of getting from this idea is that it's meant to be enjoyed when it's hot. Uh huh. And that the prime hot white claw. Yeah. Wait. Would you say hot white claw? Yeah. White. <laughs> Put, put a white yeah, make it white. Okay, make it hot. exactly. Yeah, no, that's, white that's where I'm going. It's it's like the the ideal when it's hot, where it's hot, you want a cold beverage. Where it's cold, you want a hot beverage. So in uh Wow. Yeah, in Chicago during the winter, it's sold as a hot beverage. And you know, wherever you are, if Whoa. it's hot, it's cold. Whoa. It's refrigerated, but then the flip inverse. Oh my god. Maybe it's not sold in a mug, but it comes with a mug. With. So you get to choose. The hot version is not carbonated. So. So it's just. You can't. You wouldn't enjoy it cold. Okay. And there's actually. If they really want to, you know, commit to this, there's some ingredient that when you, when you refrigerate it, it makes it not smell good and poisonous. <laughs> Not your granddaughter's white claw. Yeah, so that way you just know not to mess with it. <laughs> you can't um, cheat the system. You can't. You and, couldn't possibly. <laughs> yeah, and the hot skull and crossbones do not drink cold. <laughs> and it's a uh, red claw because red's hot. Because red is hot. The hottest, the hottest color, <laughs> or white hot claw. I don't mind hot claw. Hot claw sounds great to me. Thomas, I think that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's one one idea, one direction they could go in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going back to Sydney's uh, mom 
trying to think of how how we really access them because they're probably not it's not top of mind for them they like it when mm-hmm. it's in front of them but like how do we get it in front of them and mm. i think you have to put it near like a baby clothes section it can't be in the food section because yes. because mothers from age 50 to 65 want a grandchild more than anything in the world so i think you have to put it either near like the fertility boosting yes. things or little baby girl clothes. Does White Claw do a non-alcoholic version? Just a seltzer? I think that's called. No. Um, I think that's called Lacroix. It, what if White Claw made Lacroix, but they just kept the name White Claw, White yeah. Claw and then you could just have people drinking White Claw their entire lives? From yes. Birth? So babies. So we're yeah. talking bottles of. You could have a. We said before yeah. we didn't like that. We liked that they weren't in bottles, but we just have to put them in mm. plastic bottles for infants, and it, it's donezo off to the off to the races. Maybe you call it clear claw. Clear, yeah. Clear claw, milk claw. <laughs> yeah, why not formula. formula claw formula? White milk. White, yeah. Just get rid of the claw entirely. Keep the white. Maybe they should just, like, have dairies and sell milk. Mm, Get in the yeah. milk business. <laughs> Thank you for saying yes to that. <laughs> yeah, I know that yeah, was hard yeah, for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, something that we've talked about, Thomas, and we said we weren't going to do it every episode, but I feel like we've generated enough ideas that I think it's a disservice not to let White Claw know that we came up with some of these ideas. I think we should draft an email to White Claw and let them know that we have ideas for them yes. and if they're smart they'll listen yeah i mean it's it would be weird if we didn't i think at this point It'd yeah. just be a waste of our time and energy and maybe even if they like some of our ideas they could help us out with that food and beverage business that we're trying to get into yeah i think the main bullet points of this email are um so clear claw was one only selling it in the reverse temperature of the climate of that time and place. Mm-hmm. The refrigerated poison. Yeah, and then of course, if if you try to not ha- if you try to switch <laughs> the temperature, no, 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 it's it turns into poison. Just to encourage them to enjoy it at its finest. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, no, this no. is for their own good. You don't want something cold in the cold. We can put that on the can too. Put that in the email. It's for your own <laughs> good. <laughs> exactly. Then maybe just start your own dairy and get into the milk business. We're doing the work for them. These are solid ideas. I don't think they're bad ideas at all. I think the milk one's been coming down the pipeline is all I'm saying. I think yeah. we're not the first to say it and we won't be the last. They need to start a dairy. And then, then the question—the only question is: Do you call it white milk or white milk? Is that redundant? Because milk already. Is. No, it's not redundant. Milk claw. Milk claws I'll go put, too. I'll put white milk and milk claws, two solid options. And then let yeah, love. give them the choice. Let them know that they can pick whichever yeah. they prefer, mm-hmm. and that we're not attached to a name. And then, I think we should have a touch of personal. Too, to just like let them know that we've researched them and that we know about them a little bit. So we know about maybe, Tony. yeah. And we hope Tony's doing okay. Maybe we should like address because it's, I imagine it like it hurt his feelings at one point and 
I think it'd be nice to, He's, you know, just say... We don't think you're full of baloney. Even if we were, were to call you Tony Baloney, we like baloney. Yeah. With milk. Let him know. Tell him I'd love to hear one of his, his, his narratives one day. I'd love it. Yes. His baloney Let's listen to one of his yarns, and then we'll judge if he's full of baloney or if we call him Von Mandel. And if he's full of baloney, if it's full of baloney, we call him Tony Baloney. So that's kind of going back on what we just said, but I, I, I think it's fair. Mm-hmm. If his yarn is baloney, then I guess he's got to hear it. And then should we just have, like, I don't know, should we, like, ask them in a friendly way to please respond quickly? I think we should just thank him for our teens, our teen years. The way that we're going to do this is we're going to send this email to Anthony's team. And the next episode, I think we're going to open with what they tell us back. So make sure to listen to the next episode to see what Tony has to say. I can't wait. I can't wait. I wonder if he's going to give us a yarn in the email. That would be ideal. We pray. We pray he gives us one. Yeah. So, uh, Sydney, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, yes, of course. This was delightful. And do you have any any outside shows or uh, social media handles to plug or anything to plug? I am I am not I do not. <laughs> or shows that you're watching? Uh shows that I'm currently watching? Yeah. Um 90 Day Fiance is rocking my world right now. There we Big go. Big fan. Could talk about it forever. Will not on this pod, but uh, if anybody wants to hit me up about a 90 Day podcast, I am uh, I'm ready. I'm ready and <laughs> and very well equipped to uh tell your opinion. Tell some opinions is what I'm saying. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I've heard nothing but good things, actually, about 90 Day Fiance. Like, I hear it's, it's, it, it's so engaging. It's the yummiest trash TV. That's how I like to put it. It's just yummy, yummy trash. It's good. There's so much of it. So if you started now, like, I wish I didn't start it before quarantine, because I probably would have barely been done by now with this six months. Like, there's so much of it, and I love it. And that's that's a real thing. Now I'm being honest and not even a joke. It's wow. very good. It's <laughs> Ending on a very earnest note. Big fan. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Sydney. Seriously, thank you so much for doing our first episode. You were you were so great, and I didn't know you before this. Yeah, that's yeah, and it was it was great to get to know you a little bit better as well. Yeah, great to be yeah to get to know you and then be abandoned at our first meeting. Uh, it was really <laughs> lovely. I think I've apologized. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, everybody. That was Great Samaritans. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Great Samaritans Pod or email us at GreatSamaritansPod at gmail.com. Feel like being a Great Samaritan yourself? Rate and review us on iTunes. Bye-bye. Consider yourself vertically integrated. Boom. That was synergy. Attention, check. Interest, check. Desire, check. Action, checkmate. Thank you for passing the briefcase. Thank you for telling me your endgame. Everyone, turn to slide five. 
Dow Jones.